I don't know, Grant. I think I just I love the fact that I can buy a ticket. My seat is reserved for me, and I can literally show up 30 seconds before the movie starts. In fact, I don't even have to watch any of the commercials or trailers. I can wait outside, eat my milk duds, and then just stroll into the theater and sit down. Yeah, that's how my theater is now. Mm -hmm. So, tell me about this glorious revolution that is now in your life. It's amazing. Uh, They don't have, uh, you know, they used to have lines outside, and there's no lines out there anymore, and... Oh my gosh, you know. do you remember, I don't know, you're, you're old, like me now, and I re- remember vividly going and watching Return of the King and getting there an hour and a half early because I knew I didn't want to be stuck at the very front of the theater and just lining up with every other schmuck in the line next to me. Yeah, eating, I remember Eating going, a full popcorn before the movie even started. I remember going to Empire Strikes Back, the re-release, and I think we showed up like an hour and a half. Oh, early. you weren't you weren't there in 1980 when it originally uh, debuted. You weren't in line as a no, minus one year old baby. Minus four year old baby. Right. Oh, that's right. I can do math. By the way, happy birthday! We are recording this on your birth of days. Like yeah. Your day of birth. I'm doing nothing. Why is that? I don't know. We don't really celebrate birthdays anymore. I guess so, but I mean, is I don't know. Do you mark it in any type of way? Do you get a present for yourself? Do you, I don't know, rub one out because who's better to love you than yourself? I might, uh, I might order a, a sandwich and get it delivered, and then and then rub one out. Or I, I, when do you masturbate? Is what I'm asking you on your birthday. Well, once I get the sandwich, I'll use the sandwich. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. I, I'm sorry. Yes, like a normal person. I forgot. That's why there's two pieces of bread. Uh, anyways, I'm being I'm being awful here, trying to lead you into a story that you have written down in our document. You say here that old people suck at reserve seating. I'm I'm curious as to why oh. you think that. Oh yeah, I wasn't reading any of that. Um, be- <laughs> well, because they don't understand that it's reserved seating now, so they just sit wherever. Oh, the worst, the worst. And then. Um, it's even worse up here because it's not like it's a new thing anymore. It's been around for four years. Which means to me that the I mean, last movie that they decided to go and watch was like, I don't know, The Hunger Games Part 2. And then and decided to roll out of bed yesterday and be like, I guess we're going to go see a movie today. And when they've learned that it's reserved seating, they just move to another area and they don't still go to their reserved seats. Mm-hmm. Horrible people. They should <laughs> die already. Oh, they will soon enough, Grant. They will soon enough. Welcome to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and discover, well, you know, whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I am talking to Grant. We'll never forget what seat he's supposed to sit in, Tingly. Are you sure it's two guys? I think so. We? Why? Why do? You, are are you announcing something here on your on your day of birth? Hormone therapy. Okay. I support you in your decision, Grant. Uh, do you have a game for me today? Um, I have an easy game for you. Games! You say that all the time, of... and then I fail miserably. But No, this will be easy for you. I just want to introduce you to a game. It's only one level because we've got a lot of go, a lot of go to go through. Yeah, we had some issues trying to get together here in the last couple of weeks, but we, we figured out a, a time to, to make this work. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the top 10 
character names. This is from Doug Loves Movies. And you're going to have to try and figure out what the movie is. Okay. As soon as possible. So again, we're... Explain again how this works. I'm sorry. I'm naming the top ten character names. Character names. Okay, we did did this before, but it was actors. Yeah, according to IMDb, the top ten. Okay, okay. Okay, number ten is Art Historian (laughs) 2. Is this uh, National Treasure? No. Okay. Art Historian 1. Is this the Da Vinci Code? No. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of these. Anchise. Anchise. Oh, is this uh, Call Me By Your Name? It is. That's why I picked it. I wanted it to be easy for you. So we can introduce this game, and I'll use it again later. So now you know how to do it. Okay, I got it. I got it. There you go. That's the game? That's it, yeah. We got a lot to go through. Okay, okay. It sounds like you're a little bit under the weather. How are you feeling? Uh, do I sound another weather? I feel okay. Okay. I have a little bit of a scratchy throat. Um, okay, well, let's jump into it, Grant. What we have written down here, what is this? I'm going to go do a quick scroll. 15 items. I don't know if we'll get to all all of them. Uh, I think we should start off with what I consider to be potentially the biggest news over the last couple of weeks, and that is the fact that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the people behind Game of Thrones who were developing that HBO show called Confederate, which I don't think is going to get made anymore. Uh, but they have a trilogy of Star Wars films. They were just given a trilogy because I guess that's what happens now. We just give trilogies to people. I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see, especially what it's going to be rated. Oh, it is not going to be anything above PG-13. Well, it's, PG that's probably I mean. still, but I, I doubt it's going to get any more than PG-13. I think they, I think Empire would have been PG thirteen. Yeah, that, would have was before, been... that was before they switched it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because of what they they are gonna bring to it. I think it's gonna be a little bit more violent, a little bit more, and and it's gonna be violent, but it's also gonna be dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to say. I mean, uh, as a fan, as a pretty big fan of of Game of Thrones. Uh, that the entire series is great mostly because of the source material and i find that the majority of the time where it goes off book is where it somewhat loses its thematic way that being said even in these newer seasons i think there's been some slam dunk episodes that they have been behind uh, currently as far as i know they have only been signed on to produce and to write not direct now that could change of course later on and I think what the, the press release mentioned is that it is a different time period than what we have seen in the Star Wars universe before. So I'm sure that breeds a whole lot of speculation that can happen uh, going from there. But, I, but I, I'm with you. I think that Star Wars now, because we are in a position where it is going to be a new movie every single year. Ryan Johnson has his trilogy. Looks like these two have their trilogy. We still have those standalone uh, solo Star Wars movies coming out, and we have the main films coming out as well. So well, this we might, might might be even getting two a year. I was gonna say that this this sounds like they're in the process of getting up to two, you know, potentially three a year, which is bonkers. If this was like four years ago, and you or five years ago, if you had told me that this was something that was even potentially going to be a reality. Um, I, what I'm driving at here, though, is that I think that Star Wars can now become 
something for all people. There's the people who are like, I continually want to see, you know, what episode 10 and 11 and 12. There's something that's going to continue that story forward. And there's people that can jump in and be like, I don't want to go and sit down and watch 10 other films to figure out what's going on in this one. And this is a good starting off point for me. Well, and, I think yeah. um, it'll be fu- it'll be fun uh, to uh, maybe they're going to use some of the books to base their movies on. Mm-hmm. So they'll use so they'll have a source material to use. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, yes, I, I was thinking maybe they're going to go with Knights of the Old Republic, which is something that fans have been clamoring for for a lot. But as as two that are recognized as being really great adapters, that would be an actually kind of a cool way to go about it is like here's whatever comic book line or a storyline that happened in a book series. Now go and adapt it for film. Yeah. So I think um, that would be fun, yeah, uh, especially I, because there's characters like Thrawn. Yeah. I don't uh, know who that is. I, n- I never read a single star Wars book, so I don't know any of the, like, this extended universe stuff. Well, I just know there's a, those are books that exist, but he's in the rebels show. Mm-hmm. So Thrawn is a great villain. So it would be fun to see movies with a live action Thrawn. Uh, I do like the idea of it being a little bit more brutal, a little bit more, um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't need to go to a film and be like, uh, this is this is um, uh, the the bounty hunter. Oh, my gosh. This is Boba, Boba Fett? Fett. Yeah, this is Boba Fett's breasts. Oh, my gosh. Oh, look at that. It's crazy what these guys well, are getting away with. It'll be, it'll be neat to see some legitimate fight scenes. Well, I think uh, I mean, we got one. Yeah. We got one in The Last Jedi. Uh where it was Kylo and uh, what's her face? Oh, and, oh, Ray and with yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Praetorian Guard, that was sure. great. But that was the only real fight scene that I really enjoyed in the last two movies. Actually, what you mentioned before, yes, the fight scenes, the more choreography, the better, in my opinion. But I think <laughs> I like the talking scenes. I mean, I'm one of those weirdos who re- really likes that. If they can write that really well then why not? I mean, I would also love it if, um, you know, the guy who wrote The West Wing. What's his name? Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. If Aaron Sorkin wrote a Star Wars movie and it was just a bunch of people walking and talking around the Death Star, like, that would be fascinating to me. <laughs> but I'm a weirdo. I know that no one else would actually probably like that movie at all. Right now, there's well, a whole lot of do- speculation, they're doing, though. They're working on a live-action TV series, so maybe Aaron Sorkin can uh, do that. That'd be great. Anyways, this is a whole lot of speculation. Until we get much more information, this is us completely talking out of the our butts at this point. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So Joaquin Phoenix is the a new Joker. Is that confirmed? Confirmed? Uh, depending upon which website you go to, it's confirmed okay. or rumored. Yeah, uh, okay. But it's it's starting in May. So they better have somebody lined up soon. So wait a second. I'm I'm confused here then on these two story points. And maybe we talked about this before and I'm just blanking on it. But there's a standalone Joker film being done with Todd Phillips. Directing and produced by Scorsese. Got it. Okay, that's what, that's what it is. So Scorsese's producing this Joker film. It's starting in May. And Joaquin Phoenix is probably... Not Tommy Wiseau. I heard that he was wanting to become the Joker. And in Hollywood, all you have to do is just want it really hard. Tommy Wiseau wants to probably be anything. At this point, he will do anything, yes. He's done anything already, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Do you see Joaquin Phoenix as being a Joker? I mean, I'm a fan of Joaquin Phoenix for the most part. Uh, I think he's actually a pretty great actor. I, 
Uh, do we need a standalone Joker film, I guess, is the follow-up question to that? No, of course not. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But, I mean, uh, uh, I've never seen Joaquin Phoenix really go nuts. I mean, with Jared Leto, you can go, yeah, I can see that. Right, right. With Joaquin Phoenix, you're like, I don't know. But then again, Heath Ledger, everyone was like, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Joaquin has done, like, very quiet going nuts. Like, he, the, the I'm Not There saga of, like, a year and a half. Or even in The Master, really, he had that, like, weird rage, like, under the surface that kind of bubbled out and, and over in certain scenes. So I could see him pulling it off, for sure. It's just a, a role that he hasn't really done before. There's a what was that movie where he had the mutton chops and he played a private eye? Oh yeah, uh, Inherent Vice. So yeah, he was a little bit nuts in that one. So I think I think this could be something that we can pull off. I'm much more interested in 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 Scorsese's involvement. If he's just producer, maybe he's just putting up the money. But uh, if he has any other say in it, it, would be interesting to see. In fact, well, I'm sure Scorsese. He's have input. Yeah, a, a Scorsese superhero film would be. I don't even know what that would look like, to be honest. That would be, uh, if he directed it, it would be an R-rated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no way around that. In fact, like his new movie, The Irishman, I think, is coming out on Netflix here pretty soon. Debuting on Netflix. This is the world we now live in. Yeah, the Duplass brothers signed a four-picture contract with Netflix. I like those Duplass brothers. They make films that most people hate, but <laughs> I shouldn't say most people. I would say the general public would not really like most of the films that they, they create, but they're well, right up my alley. The, the general public doesn't know they exist. That That's true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, they would probably know them as actors in like the Mindy Project and uh, other th- Transparent, but that's Yeah, but if, it. You, if, if you said Duplass brothers, they would be like, what? Who? And then you show him a picture. You're like, oh, that guy. Yeah, that's that, that guy do it from that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a documentary, by the way, that guy from that thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically what this podcast is. You know the guy who is uh, the, you know, Boba Fett, like the most Im- uh, popular character from Star Wars besides the main cast that Kyle had a struggle to remember the name of like, yeah, two minutes man. ago? Oof, oh, boy. Grant. Man, it's like. I, I did a lot of uh, Blow. caffeine today. Oh, right. Well, yes. basically. Um, so, like, my legs are vibrating, but my brain is still slow. <laughs> Sluggish, I, yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? If you've ever done uh, cocaine, uh, you would know that that's kind of, sometimes you feel that way. I, I have not, and I never will, probably. Um, well, in college, it was a different time for I me. Su- I suppose. <laughs> uh, Grant, I need to tell you the blockbuster news that broke here this last week. So why I, do you do heroin then? I don't do any drugs. I guess you would yeah. do heroin just to like fall asleep, maybe? Well, you fall asleep and then you wake up super hyper. Mm-hmm. I've never done heroin. I've just watched train spotting. This is actually a good segue talking about drugs because the big blockbuster news is that Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando had carnal relations with each other in the 70s. They fucked. They got busy with each other. This is from page6.com. Come on, why didn't you why don't you use your phrase boned down? Uh, did I say that on there? Oh no, I, he, I, I said the F word. Uh, yeah, they boned down like hard. They got it heard up in there. So, 
I'm going to read from page six. This is written by Lindsay Kupfer. Uh, Richard Pryor's widow has confirmed that he and Marlon Brando hooked up in the 1970s. Buzz began when Quincy Jones gave an interview to Vulture saying, Brando was the most charming motherfucker you ever met. He'd fuck anything. Anything. He'd fuck a mailbox. James Baldwin, Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye, Jennifer Lee, who was married to Pryor in the early 1980s, and again in the 2000s up until his death told TMZ on Wednesday that it was true, and he would have no shame about it. It was the 70s, she said. Drugs were still good, especially quaaludes. If you did enough cocaine, you'd fuck a radiator and send it flowers in the morning. So <laughs> there is a... That is the article right right there. It's one of uh, the best quotes in the history of quotes. I kind of want that, yeah. If you... <laughs> it was the 70s. Drugs were still good, especially quaaludes. If you did enough cocaine, you'd fuck a radiator and send it flowers in the morning. There you go. <laughs> this is why this uh, podcast is rated R, folks. Because um, of Jennifer Lee Pryor? The, because of Jennifer Lee Pryor. Blame her. I think this is interesting on two fronts. Number one, obviously, this would have most likely ended both of their careers had this come out, if this had actually gone into the gossip magazines. Well, that was back in the day where, you know, people still didn't gossip about celebrities. So I'm sure it was common knowledge. Sure, yeah. It was probably like all the gossip columnists knew it and would use it if they needed to, but it was not something that they were going to lead with because they still wanted access to, to all the stars. I think what I also enjoy about that story as a bisexual man myself uh, and talking to another bisexual man on the other end of this call I, I, I think that it's important to realize how fluid sexuality really is and that it's not just those two camps of like gay and straight but there's a lot of uh, of I don't know <laughs> there's a lot of grays inside the middle of those two two uh, points yes sir so the next time you watch um, not trading places. What's a what's a Richard Pryor movie? When you watch Superman three, Silver just remember Street. Silver Streak. There's a there's a better one. When you watch Silver Streak, just know that he was boning down with the Godfather. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Marlon Brando had the cotton balls in his cheeks when that happened. He had them somewhere, Grant. But <laughs> let's say let's say that yes, they were in his cheeks. Anal beads. Correct. All right. Uh, so Danny Boyle might be the favorite for Bond 25. I heard that. That was something that just recently came out. Yeah, man. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm a big fan of Danny Boyle, mostly because he's one of those directors where no two films are ever really quite the same. He does very different projects, different looks, different feels to them. So I think putting him in charge of Bond, at least for one film, is a kind of a neat step in the right direction, especially... If it's going to be Daniel Craig's last time as Bond, I think there can be some cool things that are that are done in the movie. And the p- person that's writing it is the Train Spotting screenwriter. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, that just also just came out. Okay, so it's pro- so if the Train Spotting writer is writing it, that's probably where the rumor started. But it's probably John Hodge. A good, probably a good good guess. John Hodge apparently that's his name. Mm-hmm. So but I he- think this is exciting because. Uh, it'll be a different view from uh, for Bond. British director, uh, which is nice. Uh, well, the, wasn't who directed the last one? Oh Actually, well, I'm not gonna. Not um, the guy who did American Beauty, whose name Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, who is also British, so I guess it's not <laughs> a huge diversion for it not to be a British person. 
Yeah, so I think it's going to be exciting to see a different point of view, especially from somebody that's a little bit more stylized. Uh, do we know when the I next wonder if, if James Bond, Bond is going to James Bond's going to crawl through a toilet? I hope, <laughs> or like cut off his arm. Uh, I think uh, James Bond coming out uh... next year. Like it won't be this year. It must be, or maybe it could be coming out this November if they're already talking directors. No. Uh, it's uh, coming out. I think their release date is. Well, my computer loads. November eighth, two thousand nineteen. Okay, so not this November, next November. Yeah. Well, and I'm then... excited. I'm hoping I yeah he can shoot up with some heroin, uh, crawl through a toilet, cut off his arm, uh, run away from bed. zombies. Um, what other Danny Boyle films are there? Win a million dollars in oh, right. Indian. Yeah. And, and an Indian who wants to be a millionaire. It's just going to be a, a best of hits uh, for, for James Bond in his last outing. And then fuck. <laughs> yes, that's that's the twist. He just gets busy with with Marlon Brando. With Dev oh. Patel. Uh, Grant, I think, let's take it back here a little bit. You've probably heard about this huge conspiracy theory on how... Uh, Shakespeare didn't actually write Shakespeare's plays. Have you of heard about I've seen this? Some documentaries on it. There's documentaries. I think there was even like a like a movie, like an, like a fictional movie, or something that was made about this, about the paradox. Um, I've always come down on it this way, which is, I don't really care either way at this point whether he wrote all of his plays or not, or if it was a few different people or whatever the rich king's son or who whatever other theories there are out there i think it just matters that the plates were written themselves and that there's so many great things that happen in those and those pieces of art yes sir that being said from the new york times here a few days ago it says this is the headline by michael blanding plagiarism software unveils a new source for 11 of shakespeare's plays now, this is not the normal conspiracy theory where it's saying that Shakespeare didn't write his own plays. It's just saying that he took a lot of inspiration from stuff that was existent at that time. Oh, well, we we all knew that already. A lot of his plays were he stole ideas from other people. Oh, sure. Um, so here's here's what it is. They, they ran this software that they use in like schools and universities to catch if people have plagiarized essays or other people or books, whatever it happens to be. Um, the important thing here is that the authors are not suggesting that Shakespeare plagiarized, even though that's what the headline says, uh, but rather that he read and was inspired by a manuscript titled A Brief Discourse of Rebellion and Rebels, written in the late 1500s by George North, a minor figure in the court of Queen Elizabeth, who served as an ambassador to Sweden. So the plays in, uh, in question here are King Lear, Macbeth, Richard III, Henry V, and seven other plays, apparently. Um, what's, here's the interesting thing. So, uh, where I'm trying to find it here quickly. Um, bu -bu -bu. So, uh, in the dedication to his manuscript, for example, North urges those who might see themselves as ugly to strive to be inwardly beautiful, to defy nature. He uses a succession of words to make the argument, including proportion, glass, feature, fair, deformed, world, shadow, and nature. 
in the opening soliloquy of Richard III, now is the winter of our discontent. The hunchback tyrant uses the same words in virtually the same order to come to the opposite conclusion, that since he is outwardly ugly, he will act the villain he appears to be. People don't realize how rare these words actually are, Mr. McCarthy said, and he keeps hitting word after word. It's like a lottery ticket. It's easy to get one number out of six, but not to get every number. So essentially, they're using this and being like, okay, so Shakespeare, whomever he was, uh, we know who he was, but he probably read this manuscript, was so inspired that he kind of just took that and then wrote a bunch of plays afterwards. What is your immediate uh, reaction to that, Grant? Well, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I think, too, what's what's important to know about is, like, we say plagiarism, but plagiarism has a very recent, is, is a very recent thing that we take uh, pretty seriously in, like, academia and in, in art and stuff like that. But for so many years, it was almost a... Uh, an act of like, I love your stuff, so I'm going to use some of it in my own work. And it would not have been looked at as being like, oh, he just took something from something else. Um, I think what's different here is that when when people say that Shakespeare invented all these different words, which he still probably has, that he looks like he was really utilizing this one text for for a lot of his information. Yeah, and I, I've uh, I've read books and I've read stories and I've read plays and I'm like and they were done before the play that Shakespeare wrote and I'm like, oh, that's where he got this. Right, right. I see exactly where this came from. If you were Shakespeare Grant, or if you were to become a playwright, an author, what one text do you think you would steal the most from? Uh the Bible. The Bible. Ugh. That's a that's a dumb answer. L.A. Um, Confidential. L.A. Co- thank you. Yes. Um, I really wish I'd seen L.A. Confidential so I could actually riff on that a little bit more than I can. Um, I think for me, well, if Ke- there was, well, Kevin. Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin Spacey is a is a predator. Yeah, I know that. Um, spoiler alert. I think the one text for me, honestly, would be the Princess Bride. If I was to be like if I could take one text and then use a bunch of information and create my own stuff from it, that would probably be the one thing that I stole the most from. So you'd write a whole play on the R.O.U.S.'s? Uh, yeah, that's right. It's just like an entire... I, I, I workshop a script about like a giant who talks in rhyming couplets. Um, I'd write this... Uh, get this, Grant. I think what I would do is write a, a spec script uh, of a... Of a, of a private eye of a detective let's call him Columbo and he would go and actually just solve murders and he, he has a glass eye mm-hmm. boy the wonder years are great right he's like one more thing mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> nobody knows what we're talking about uh, what, what's next up for you uh, so Black Panther is apparently the number one rated movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes as of the 18th anyways well, that will drop down for sure. Uh, I am the one person in North America who has not seen this movie yet. Well, it's amazing. So no spoilers. So, uh, best Marvel movie? One of the one of the best Marvel movies? Well, it was funny because I think Joanna Robinson was the person that said it that um, Sebastian Stan has been in the two best Marvel movies. So. Um, 
so we basically we should put Sebastian Stan in every Marvel movie. What's he considering the other one? Winter Soldier? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, I, I spoiled that Sebastian Stan's in Black Panther. Sorry. Thanks for the spoiler. So so it's that good then. I, I, like I said, I, I doubt this is going to stay at the number one position. This happened with The Dark Knight for a bit when it first came out. That it was number one on like IMDb for for a few months before it started to drop down as more and more people saw it. Well, uh, the ones that are just beneath it are Get Out and Paddington 2. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what's, what's really showing very clearly here is that four years and what would be like it frustrated me to no end and this is going to sound like i'm virtue signaling but it was constantly said over and over movies about minorities that are directed by minorities uh or that star women or or uh, or directed by women that there's no way that you can possibly make a blockbuster film out of that and yet time and time again Tyler Perry has even proven this is that if you make movies for a segment that is underrepresented that you make lots of money well Tyler Perry makes a movie for like a couple million dollars and then he makes like 50 million dollars off of it I know I'm just saying that 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 to say that you can't make money off of that strategy is is a false one and it's specifically for this one yes it's a marvel film so that comes with its own built-in audience but this is a movie that is that i as i understand it is very much about the black experience but is also uh, something that general audiences can can come to as well and i think yeah. that that's really great well the majority not the majority but a large segment of the theater that i was in was filled with minorities mm-hmm. not just uh, black people but you know, which is interesting Hispanic, to think Hispanic about. Hispanic people too. In in twenty years, in twenty years, uh, you and I are probably going to be the minority, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, and um, but the cool thing is, well, first of all, Get Out is also you know top three. All I did. Time. I, you know what? I watched that last night for the first time, and and that was a blockbuster. It was because uh, yeah. it was it was a small budget and it made over a hundred million dollars. Well, talking about Tyler Perry, like that, uh, that's a Blumhouse studios. Uh, that's their whole MO. They, they fund movies for no more than $10 million. That's like their top end, uh, funding strategy, but they're usually within like the two to $5 million and expect to make 30 to $40 million back. Like that's their whole, um, way that they make movies and then get out became like huge for them in this case the great thing about black panther also is that that females you know, there's three major females in the movie and they're basically the stars of the movie mm-hmm. they're the there's a warrior there's a q there's and then there's a spy that are all black females so again you're talking about uh, female representation, minority representation. It's just silly to think about these sorts of things. It is. I mean, and what's cool too about this is that this is going to be bookended really nicely with Black Panther coming out and then there's going to be Wrinkle in Time that comes out here in just, I think just over a month from now, uh, directed by an African-American woman starring a bunch of African-American women. So it's going to be interesting to see if that is also as big as what Black Panther is. And then maybe I don't have to listen to people tell me over and over on how uh, films that star black people can't make money. You know, I read A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be one of the few times where I've read the book before uh, seeing the movie. This is actually more shocking than the Shakespeare thing for me, Grant, in that uh, I was really con- convinced that you couldn't read. 
I had someone read it to me. Right. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was it Army Hammer? Well, of course. Yeah, Who else would? Came over, read you Wrinkle in Time. Here's the thing. I mean, this is going to sound so dumb. I know, but I'm still going to say it out loud. So I'm I'm getting kind of obsessed with the movie Call Me By Your Name that we started off with here. Uh, I've made two videos about it now at this point on my YouTube channel. And um, I, I will say straight up that before this, Army Hammer was someone who I never thought about. He was a person who showed up in films, and then I forgot that he was in films afterwards. He's been kind of a big nothing. This film, I think he does such a great job, and now I'm falling down this rabbit hole of watching interviews of him on like talk shows, and he's like, oh, he's like this charming, funny, cool dude that I, that I could not have cared less about two weeks ago. Well, I really like the man from Uncle. Yeah, I, it was not a big thing for me, but I get it. I get it. It's sad that that movie didn't do better. Mm -hmm. But I also liked uh, King Arthur, so I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch I'm King Arthur. I'm, well, here's, I'm silly. Here's my dirty little secret. I don't think that The Lone Ranger is as bad as everyone says it is. It's it's not, but I mean, it's... It's not you great. Know, I'm not going to tell you it's a great movie. But it's the worst not like part of them, the, the abomination is, of a uh, film that most people tell me it is. The worst part is Johnny Depp, obviously. True. I agree with that. They should have and, really cast an actual... You know, Native American in that role. Well, Lou Diamond Phillips isn't doing anything. Exactly. Like, what's what's he been been doing? I don't that know. Really, is he, is... I can't. I still can't believe that that happened three or four years ago. And Johnny Depp can claim that he's what one fifteenth Cherokee or whatever he said he was. But well, I've heard that before. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, somewhere back in my ancestry uh, we're Blackfoot, but I'm not gonna. You're not going to go and put feathers in your hair and claim that you're that you're part of a treaty of some kind. No, that was silly and stupid and horrible. Wasn't he the one behind the whole movie that wanted to get it made? I could not could not even tell you. And he wanted to play Tonto. I think so. I think he was one of the driving forces on that movie. But I couldn't tell you. All right. All what's right. next? Jessica Chastain just got cast in It Chapter 2 as the adult Bev, which is exactly what everybody wanted. Exactly. That was like what everyone was saying should happen after they watched it. Uh, have you watched the first It? Yeah. And I not, I'm not, not the original It from like the 80s. I'm talking about the one that came out here last year. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. Yeah, I did too. Did uh, did we talk about this? I can't remember what your thoughts were. Oh, I, I liked it a lot. It was, you know, oh. I don't like horror films normally, but I thought that was great. Uh, I don't know how much the adult version is going to be because I, what I really liked was the Goonies sure. style adventure of the kids. Well, I can tell you a thing. It, it doesn't go well for some of them. It does not go well. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of of the of what they did. I thought that the visuals were striking, but I, I just don't think that they were able to capture the absolute terror from that book effectively. Uh, I really you... do think it should have been made into a miniseries again, like a Netflix 10 episodes, being able to switch back and forth from the adults to the kids um, and just tell it like deeply. And like that, that book is like almost a thousand pages long. Like it's a game of Thrones uh, miniseries. You could have done with that book. What you're telling me is you wanted the group sex scene. No, you don't. I, I would have still cut that out because it's it's weird. And even in context of the book, I don't think even really makes sense. 
like I, I've heard Stephen King give the explanation of why he did it so that they can break out of their innocence phase, but it still is like, sure, but you're gang raping a girl. Like I, th- that is what you're doing. Is that what they were? Was it rape? Well, she says that she wants them to do it, so technically no. But still, it's it's weird. It's just weird and off putting. But she, yeah, because she was abused and shown. Yeah. yeah, her father is much more abusive to her than what's shown in that movie. Yeah, because you know, an abused girl is going to make choices that she doesn't actually want to make. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm a big Jessica Chastain fan, so I'm sure she'll kill it. Yeah. Oh, is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler? Yeah, it is. All right. Everybody dies. Um, Every, everybody for, gets hit by a car driven by it. Yeah. And then a thousand clowns get out of the, of the car. Who are why they going to blame? Why do they call it it instead of like Pennywise? So, again, it's something that's not necessarily conveyed very well, but Pennywise is only one of its forms. It's not just the clown all the time. It actually does different um, manifestations. And so that's what the kids start to call it, is that it's just this it, this thing that exists in their town. Oh, uh, I because, just assumed that all yeah. of them were Pennywise. Right, but it's not. Pennywise is one of its forms as the clown because that's what one of the kids' greatest fears is, is clowns. But everyone else's greatest fear is also manifested by that spirit. All right. Sounds good to me. Um, I want to talk about some podcasts here. I think we talked a little bit about this when it was first announced, but the Wolverine, the Long Night trailer uh, just came out. This is like the premium podcast from, is it Stitcher? Or is Stitcher, it, yeah. Yeah, Stitcher uh, is, is, is funding this. So it's the first Marvel podcast about Wolverine, which I've understood is that after a few months, it's going to become free for everyone to listen to. But if you want to listen to it when it first drops, you would have to be a Stitcher subscriber in that well, case. Crazy. And it was the first I, trailer came out uh, for it, so you can go and listen to that and sort of see a bit of a animatic or a little bit of an animation uh, underneath it, which uh, I, was a, I was a big fan. I think this is a great medium for comic books and these types of stories to be put into, and I'm actually kind of surprised it's taken until now for someone to really delve into this hardcore it's really cool. I I was really excited when I heard that that's what they were going to do. Yeah. If well, I also love radio plays. I, when yeah. I was a kid, I didn't listen to music. Uh, I listened to like talk radio sure. or the news. I listened to the local news station down here. And Rush and then Limbaugh? At, uh, no. Uh, and then at 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, they would do an hour of uh, old-time radio. Mm-hmm. And it was just the best. I love it. I listen to old time radio every once in a while. I got an app on my phone that lets me listen to it. Like um, night there was beat. A, I don't know. Uh, this is when I was growing up, but up here in Canada, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, it, uh, you have a certain channel that you can see whatever they're broadcasting on, on the television channel. But there is also, uh, back when I was a kid, I don't know actually if it still exists. There was a radio station that you could uh, tune to. They would just play the audio from the TV station. Oh, really? Yeah, commercials and everything, which means that's that fascinating. What I would do, which I thought was so fun, was I would turn the mute on the uh, the television and then just listen to the radio. And it was sometimes like a second or two behind, but it was still whatever. I didn't care that much. I was a kid. But it would it would still play along. And what that meant, what I could do, is I'd be watching the TV and say whatever, Gilligan's Island or... Uh, Mr. Dress Up or whatever it was was on, 
<laughs> playing. And then I would like take my like little handheld radio and like walk around the house, like get something to eat. I'd still hear what was going on, so I could come back and pick up where I left off. That's really cool. Uh, my brother yeah. used to record movies onto a tape and listen sure. to it in the car. Yeah, my friend used to do that. He would tape TV shows and movies and just listen to the audio while driving. That's really – I love that sort of stuff. It lets your imagination run wild. That's why I loved uh, old-time radio. Did you – when you say old-time radio, though, too, are you talking about like, listening to The Shadow or uh, Gunsmoke or any of those old stuff as well? Yeah, like uh, uh, The Six Shooter – Hopalon Cassidy with Jimmy Stewart, uh, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, The Jack Benny Show, George Burns, Gracie Allen. Yeah. I would love to do like a legitimately old styled radio show. I know there's podcasts that exist that do exactly that, but I, I would like to create my own where it was just like a new story every week that kind of continued the plot. Never it meaning means- to really be wrapped up. It was just like a continuation of what happened before cliffhanger after cliffhanger. You would need sound effects and everything. I have some balloons and some needles that I can make that work with. I may, uh, in theater school we were supposed to we made a uh, we all paired off and made uh, radio shows. Sure. And and so our, ours was a horror. Me and uh, Amy, uh, we did a little horror movie, and uh, the stabbing that we did, the murders that we did, mm-hmm. was uh, I cut a watermelon in half. Right. And I would just punch it. Nice. So it sounded like it was great. I wish I still had that audio. I don't. I lost it. Hmm. Uh, so I mean, you listen to this trailer. Obviously, you're excited for it. Uh, is there any other properties? It doesn't even have to be Marvel necessarily, but any other properties you think they could bring to the podcasting world that would make sense? Well, Star Wars, of course. Yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. The young Indiana Jones. All the stuff from our childhood. Jaws. <laughs> well, no, just Jaws the Revenge only. Only Jaws the Revenge. It's actually told from the shark's point of view. You just hear a shark swimming for about 70% of it and then people screaming. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I will not, what is it? I will not eat a fish or something like that. Right, right. From fish are friends. Fish are friends. Fish are friends. Yeah, so... Um... Did you li- did you like the new Deadpool trailer? I will confess, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, well, it was I saw fast- I saw um, Ryan Reynolds at doing his Make a Wish Foundation stuff with all those kids who got to hang out with him for a day on the set, which was cool. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is great with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so um, Terry Crews all of a sudden shows up in the trailer. Oh. Out of nowhere, Terry. There's Terry Crews, and we didn't everybody, know that he was actually in this. Nobody knew, so everybody was super surprised. And I love when they're able to keep secrets like this and reveal. Like I wish they didn't reveal it in the trailer. I wish they would have just left it for the movie. Right, right. It's like, um, uh, you know, in the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, they basically told the whole movie in the trailer. Mm, right, right, right. So it would have been nice if they left some reveals, but whatever. What can uh, you do? Do you, Are you looking this, forward to Deadpool 2? I mean, yes and no. I mean, I thought the first one was fine. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. I was, I was laughing. It was pretty, You could tell it was very low budget, what they were producing. 
Um, I just don't know how you go on from there. I think that in many ways, like the joke the first time was that, oh, we get to say all these crazy things and swear. And now I don't know. I don't know how you top that. Well, Except like getting more gonna... and more vulgar. And then it's like, I don't really want it to be that either. It looks like he's uh, pulling together the X-Force. Right. So this is basically a prequel to X-Force. Marvel technically owns this now again, right? Because they they have 20th Century Fox. It's not official yet. I think Comcast came in and bid bigger. Mm. So who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? But if it does, then I can see that after this movie, I don't know how how eager Marvel is going to be with uh, with this franchise. Well, if this is a success, they're going to be willing to make another one. I guess so. I guess they could continue really having like they even even now Disney owned Miramax um, and Touchstone Pictures and stuff is where they would put like their R-rated stuff, and then they didn't necessarily have to have the Disney banner on it. So we'll see. We shall well, see. They, they will uh, uh, keep separate universes. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I don't think uh, so. Gonna... I think it's only a matter of time before the X-Men show up in the broader Marvel universe. Well, of course, but that's not going to be right away. And I think that'll be when they, I think when they re like reboot the whole MCU, I think it's going to be after infinity war. I think there's going to be some way that they're going to make that all fit together. Well, I think, no, I think, um, uh, fantastic four is going to come in after infinity war. Uh, if they you know, get the rights, if they get the if they get the rights back, I mean, I think it would still be the coolest thing ever if the after credits sequence of Infinity War is the Fantastic Four showing up, and just keep that quiet. I should have asked, uh, was it uh, a good after credits sequence for Black Panther? Uh, the first one's okay. The second one is neat. <laughs> it's very, uh, I don't know. It's a very PC way of saying that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm saying that. You know, so it wasn't as cool as say the Thor ones. I heard full penetration though. Well, of course, that's every post-credit scene is full penetration. Right, right. You see the balls slapping against everything. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go through the rest of these things. Oh, come on, back to these radio plays. Is that wait? Is that a watermelon? I'm pretty sure that's a watermelon. Well, have you seen me, myself, and Irene? I have. So there's the watermelon in there. Mm. Grant, let's go through the rest Drills of these things. Drills a hole in there. Because most of this stuff is you, who we're going to probably be talking. Uh, number one, Ryan Murphy's musical Netflix show called Politician, which I think we briefly discussed here before about him developing a musical. But what is this actually about? Uh, that's a good question. I kind of forget. I'm going to go with on a limb here and say that it might be something to do with politics. But they're going to have musical numbers in every uh, episode. And so are they just bringing back the cast of Glee, you know, except for the person who just killed himself over uh, pedophile charges? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Forgot about that guy. Um, I mean, Chris Colfer is not doing much of anything right now. He's writing. Yeah, he's a writer. (laughs) So, again, I repeat, not doing much of anything right now. I'm pretty certain it's just uh, Ben Platt. Uh, oh, from, oh, from uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, he's going to star in it, and they are in talks with Barbara Streisand. Oh, that's right. You, yes, and we Gwyneth did talk Paltrow. about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah so let's uh, 
Let's move on from Okay, Harley Quinn, R-rated animated series coming to DC Streaming. Talk to me about this. Yeah, we don't have any idea what DC Streaming is going to be called, but it's uh, R-rated. It's going to have Margot Robbie back, I believe, voicing uh, her. Uh, We don't know uh, what other characters we're going to see or if we're going to ever see the Joker. Who knows? Uh, But Marvel Streaming is starting to collect – I mean DC Streaming is starting to collect a lot of really cool shows. Uh, They're going to have Titans – uh, which is Teen Titans, uh, and they're going to have, uh, y- I believe, Young Justice is coming to the DC streaming season three. Cool. So they're collecting all these really cool shows, uh, but we don't know much about the R-rated Harley Quinn show yet. But it's cool that it's R-rated. Yeah, uh, if you neat. saw uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, there's a sex scene between Robin and Harley Quinn. Right. I think you sent that to me. Well, it's basically a rape scene. Yes. Yeah. Harley Quinn rapes Robin. It's good really for graphic. her. Really graphic. So Lobo is eyeing Michael Bay, so I've all of a sudden lost complete interest in Lobo. And, and remind me again who Lobo is. He's like the bounty hunter that rides a motor, space motorcycle. Mm. And he looks crazy. He's got a white face paint. Well, I think what that means is that I need the transformification of Lobo. Can you just imagine all that chrome and like digital eye candy that Michael Bay is going to bring to this project? Horrible. Oh, and they're after Bumblebee, they're re- in the Transformer series too. Oh, great. Just what we need. Yep, it's horrible. Okay, the last it, movie was so bad. I didn't even epically. I, bad. I stopped after two, so I, I've I've heard that it gets epically worse after that. Well, uh, I watched it because it's available secretly for free wherever things are free. Um, the Venom trailer came out, Grant, and it was definitely a trailer. It was horrible trailer. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was like awful, awful, but it definitely wasn't. Good. And it seemed like there was uh, repeat footage in there. Hmm. Well, Which is like, what are you going to do with a short trailer like that? It was a teaser. And you're going to have uh, repeat footage? Yeah. But, I mean, the orig- there's rumors that there's going be, gonna to be a Spider-Man in the movie. But it might not be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know... How I don't know. I I don't know how why this movie needs to be made in the first place. I I understand why Sony's doing it to, you know, put a little bit more money in their coffers. But it's at the at the same time, I I really have no interest in seeing this movie at all. They're just really wanting to have some sort of comic book movie mm-hmm. under their control, which is sad. It's kind of pathetic, really. I don't understand. Uh, like why Tom Hardy even did this. I think it's because he wanted to be part of Suicide Squad and missed out on it. But I mean, Suicide Squad was horrible. Bullet dodge there, I think. Yeah. But now he's doing another horrible movie, but we'll see. We'll see. It takes place in San Francisco, which would be neat if Ant-Man didn't take place in San Francisco. (laughs) Right. Because it's, you know, everything takes place in New York. That was one of the great things about Black Panther is it doesn't take place in New York. It takes place somewhere else. Um, and uh, it's not a world-ending scenario. It's just, you know, a, a you know, country uh, under attack. Oh, and there's lots of fun uh, 
Trump references in the movie. Oh, great. So that's something to look forward to. I don't like my movies getting political, Grant. Ugh, this is the worst. Uh, let's move on then, Grant. Let's go to what we've been watching, what we've been consuming over these past couple of weeks. What have you been consuming? You don't want to do the last one? Didn't we talk about that already? We talked about how Black Panther broke all the records. Well, I can tell you what the records are. Tell me what the records are. Okay, so largest February opening ever, $202 million, beating a Deadpool who only had $132 million oh, wow. on the opening weekend. Largest winter season opening weekend, again beating Deadpool. Largest President's Day weekend opening, again beating Deadpool, which is funny because uh, I didn't know Deadpool came out on President's Day. But that was two, $242 million over the four-day weekend. That's crazy, yeah. Largest Monday ever, $40 million, barely beating The Force Awakens mm -hmm. uh, by $50,000. Wow, okay. <laughs> and largest Thursday preview gross in the month of February, $25 million versus Deadpool's $12 million. They really took uh, Deadpool to school here. Yeah, man. So fuck Deadpool. That's right. So yeah, what have you been consuming? Oh, there's that watermelon again. Um, let's see here. I guess I gotta go down to what I'm consuming. Oh, I watched uh, Altered Carbon, the yeah. new Netflix series. Sure. Fascinating show. It's got Joel Kinnaman, who I like from The Killing, not from Suicide Squad, though he was fine in Suicide Squad. But Altered Carbon is about, you know, that they can transfer your consciousness into a new body. Sure. So it's like that Ben Kingsley, Ryan Reynolds movie. Right, right. Uh, but it's really cool show. It takes place in the future. I mean, it can almost be a Blade Runner world thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a really cool show uh, with some really fun action. Have you finished and it's it? Got, it's, yeah, it's okay. got James Purefoy in it, I've who heard, I really I, like. Yeah, I've heard um, somewhat mixed things about it. There's a lot of people who do dig it, and then there's other people who think it's it's just too over the top for them well i think you need to watch the whole series to really get it okay but i i don't i don't know that might not be the thing but there's there's a really cool fight scene where the person uh keeps transferring their consciousness from one body to another body oh yeah and so you kill one guy and then the, they transfer their consciousness then they you know so that person attacks which is really neat fascinating and what so else? Oh, uh, there's a show called Expanse that stars Thomas Jane. Mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, a cop that gets kind of hired or commanded to do an off-the-books investigation to look for uh, a rich person's daughter, and he lives on an asteroid. Uh, so it's this is where, you know, people have – there's a Mars a colony, and then there's different asteroid outposts. Uh, and then the Mars people and the Earth people are not really friends, and the asteroid uh, asteroids are caught in the middle between the two. Oh, interesting. And there's a re really weird story between uh, about the Mormons building this giant ship to go to that planet that they they talk about in their religion. Okay. I forget what the planet's called, but uh, they want to go find God, right? And, and so there's yeah. a this really strange weird storyline there that they don't really delve too much into so i'm assuming in 
season t- uh, two, which I haven't started yet. Uh, they're going to explore the Mormons a little bit more. But it's really a really cool show. Um, that I It's science fiction. And it's great because with the technology today, you can do a low-budget science fiction show, and it looks great. Yeah. Uh, the Altered Carbon, I think they spent like $5 million an episode or something crazy. Whereas Expanse, I'm sure. I, I'm a big fan of Thomas Jane. I liked him in The Punisher. Uh, this, uh, so, I don't know. Thomas Jane is a neat guy. And he was, fun, he was fun in uh, Arrested Development where he played uh, himself. But uh, the, the, the girl, I forget her name, in the show uh, thought he was a homeless person. Right. So she was trying to help him out, and then it turns out he's just famous Thomas Jane, and he was researching a role. Oh, uh, Arrested I, Development. I We're like getting that. a new season hopefully soon. Probably. But without Jeffrey Tanbor, I'm sure. Yep, probably. I don't uh, know what they're going to do with Transparent without him. Yeah, I thought that was like mostly the show, wasn't it? Exactly. I mean, he is the Transparent. Oh, snap, Grant. That's what that name means. So I don't know what they're going to do at all. Yeah. So I think they should just end the show. Yeah, at this point, I don't think, like, make a new show (laughs) if you want to, you know, continue doing anything with those. I don't know. Anyways, um, what I've been watching, what I've been consuming, I've been trying to go through most of the Oscar-nominated films. I'm not going to go through every single one of these. Uh, Like I told you, I already watched Get Out. Big fan of it. Thought it was really good. Um... Because I'm seeing it after everybody loving it, uh, I didn't fall in love with it a whole lot, but I thought it was really strong, a really good directorial debut by Jordan Peele. Uh, I want to shit some he, light, he's, though. I think he's uh, starting his next movie by the end of the year. That's right. It's like a, he wants to do a, a Hitchcockian film, but from the black perspective, sort of, which I think is an interesting take. So I wanted to talk about two of the categories. She- Geez, when are white people going to get a break in this Hollywood? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I want to talk about the short animated film category. So I've seen all of the short animated films. Uh, two of them, though, I really wanted to call out. One is super hard to find. So this is probably not great news for most of you out there, but it's called Negative Space. And it's this, it's five minutes long. It's like really not, a, like it's a short. It is very much a short and it uh, it details this kid who bonds with his father over packing luggage, uh, and there's a bit of a, a wallop at the end. But I thought it was just a really, really well done short. The one that you can probably find, it, at least here in Canada, it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's on American Netflix at all, but it's called Revolting Rhymes, and it's actually a BBC production that has two parts, but it's only part one that was nominated for the Academy Award. Right. Um. But you can watch both parts right now if you wanted to. In a way, I kind of recommend only watching part one because the way that it ends, if you didn't know that there was a part two, is really subversive and interesting. I really liked how they did it. Uh, part two is still really good, but part one absolutely is like very, very strong animation and storytelling that's involved. It's a bit longer. It's 30 minutes long. Each part is 30 minutes, so it's about an hour of your time if you want to watch both part one and part two. But definitely I recommend... Uh, revolting rhymes as well 
the second category is the documentary category, which I usually try and like to watch a bunch of. And this year, it's just been so hard to, to do. And I still haven't finished all of the documentary features, but I'll, I'll mention two that I have seen. Uh, one is called Icarus, and this is kind of my favorite type of documentary in that it starts off with the documentarians doing a documentary on one thing, and because of being in the right place at the right time, they kind of get swept up into this other story that they weren't originally going to tell. And this one starts off just talking about cycling, about bike racing. And this guy, kind of in a supersize me bet, wonders if he can take all these drugs uh, and still pass all the tests. Right. And, th- and then what happens is that he finds this Russian who's, a- who's willing to help him out. And this is when the whole doping scandal kind of breaks big. And now he's involved in trying to smuggle this guy out of Russia before the KGB comes and kills him. So it goes into a very different place from what it starts off as. And I I thought it was really interesting. That's fascinating. Um, I didn't know about that. It's on Netflix, I believe. That's on Netflix, yeah. The other one is also on Netflix that I'm going to talk about, which is Last Men in Aleppo. And this is the one I'm pretty confident is probably going to win just because it's very current and present day stuff this is very like fly on the wall the documentarians are just there with cameras and showing you stuff that's happening as the city of Aleppo is being bombed completely to smithereens and the people there that are still living there and are trying their best to live and the first responders who go to these buildings that collapsed with people still inside them and try and rescue them Right. Uh, do not, and I'm telling you, do not watch this film uh, if if you do not want to see dead people on screen. Because you are going to see real dead people on screen. You are going to watch people pull out dead babies from the rubble. You're going to watch people pull out people piece by piece, like arm awesome. by arm. It Love is it. hard to watch. So hard to watch in some cases. Uh, I had to pause it a few times and get up and walk around because I was getting way too uh, hyped, like not hyped up, but like just too emotional with it that I was like, oh, I can tell I'm super tense. I need to go and relax it, uh, myself out of so this. It's a comedy. Super. It's the feel good hit of the summer, um, but it's so powerful. There's a couple of people you meet in there. And again, this is going to get political, but when you, when you see these people who are, you know, uh, the immigrants and, and rushing out of there and trying to escape this awful situation and trying to find a new and better life. I just don't know what type of person you could be to watch this film and be like, no, they deserve to die. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know what type of person it is that can <laughs> watch something like this and, and still believe that, that these aren't good, decent people trying their very best to make uh, something work for themselves. Yeah, it's horrible. It's a, a, a position I've never going to be, uh, that I've never been in and I hope they never be in. Um, I don't know if I could do it as well as, as these people are. Anyways, Last Minute in Aleppo is that movie. Um, I do recommend it, but it is a tough watch. It is a very tough watch. Well, if Trump has his way, you'll be de- you'll be living exactly like that. That was our that was our uh, our Trump second that we have. Uh, all right, Grant. I think it's time to wrap things up here. Uh, what did what did you learn this week? Did we figure out whatever this is? Uh, figured out that minorities can uh, make a movie successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also discovered what it sounds like when Grant has sex with a watermelon. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, there is so many. Ap- 
That's the sound that a Lars von Trier movie makes. That's right. No questions this week, but if you do have questions, concerns, comments, definitely send them our way to whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also find our other stuff, facebook.com slash whateverpod and uh, twitter.com slash whateverpod. My, before I actually get into my Twitter, we should also say, because I usually forget to say this, that all the music that you heard in today's episode was done by one Tyler Forrest Hauser, uh, you can go and see a link to his his photography down in the description below. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, best way to do that is by going to twitter.com. I am at the Kyle Marshall, Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's your Twitter? Twitter.com slash Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or Z, depending upon what country you're in. Uh, so uh, out of nowhere, I've got Sister Act songs stuck in my head, Sister Act 2. Okay, good. I don't understand. Like, where does that come from? Just out of nowhere. I haven't watched that movie in, you know, maybe 10 years. You're just, but, you, just, you just got that whoopee hang up. You just got that whoopee fix that you need to get sated. I don't understand, man. It's just really weird. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the joyful, joyful Lord, we adore thee. God of heaven, God of Maybe you just need God in your life. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, we're in there.